Welcome to our video series for home buyers. I'm Chuck Marundi, founder of iRealty Virtual Brokers. In this video, I'll talk about bluff stability. It's an important subject, especially because we are on a peninsula and surrounded by water. Who doesn't want a waterfront or a water view property? Maybe you're considering buying a home on a bluff. We have bluffs in the Squim and Port Angeles and Port Townsend areas with absolutely stunning water views of the Strait of Juan de Fuca and international waters. But what about bluff stability, you might ask? Is a 100-foot or a 200-foot bluff stable? If the house you like is 100 feet from the bluff's edge, is it safe and will it still be there in 10 years? The answer is not easy, but there is a logical analysis that can help you decide on a particular bluff property. Bluffs west of Squim to Port Angeles are not equally stable. I'm not a geologist or a bluff stability engineer, but I have spent 22 years in the area studying our bluffs, and I've read a number of bluff stability reports and consulted with a bluff stability engineer about the history and the issues that influence bluff stability. He also shared some of the important differences between bluffs in our area from east to west, and so here's a bullet list of the most important variables in bluff stability. The higher the bluff, the more likely its weight will cause movement. The finer the sediment, the greater the risk. Muddy clay and silt are the most unstable materials. The steeper the slope, the easier it is for gravity to initiate a landslide. South-facing slopes undergo more extensive freeze and thaw cycles in winter months than slopes that face other directions. Most people wouldn't even think of that. Repeated freeze-thaw cycles increase the likelihood of shallow soil slumps. The type, age, and health, and the abundance of vegetation growing on a bluff can offer clues to determine slope stability. Tides wash away eroded bluff sediment, which helps wave action move inland. Storm-driven wind, waves, and flooding can cause more extreme erosion at the base of a bluff, increase the bluff slope, and make a landslide more likely. Groundwater seepage within a bluff or surface runoff on a bluff can create instability. Wetlands, ponds, and streams above the bluff can supply water to the bluff face and also to the groundwater. Groundwater tends to flow horizontally beneath the surface and may seep out the face of a bluff. That can destabilize the bluff face too. Actions that increase surface water flow to a bluff face, such as watering lawns or grading slopes, add to natural processes destabilizing the bluff face. Surface water collected by roofs and driveways and paths and lawns flows toward and down the bluff face. Clearing of vegetation from the bluff face can lead to greater bluff erosion and a steeper bluff that is more prone to landslide. Vegetation tends to remove groundwater, strengthen soil with roots, and lessen the impact of heavy rain on the bluff face. The spit on which the uh, Dungeness Lighthouse is located uh, is a point of demarcation for wind waves and bluff stability. So west of the spit gets more wave activity and more wind, especially in storms. It's certainly more than the base and the protected areas to the east of the spit. The last thing you want to do is buy a home on a beautiful bluff and in 10 years your home is condemned because it's too close to the bluff after a landslide. I recommend careful consideration when you're looking at bluff property. Here's a tip that can help you evaluate bluffs for properties you're looking at. Use Google Satellite to measure the distance from a house to the top of a bluff. And get this, 
Use Google Earth to get the precise elevation from the beach to the top of the bluff. You can do all that online. Isn't that cool? I hope you find this helpful. These tips about Google Maps and Google Earth alone are worth watching this video. All right then, I'll see you in the next video.